Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Untitled Hip Hop Podcast, Episode 2. We are back. It's your host, Chris Platty, and my man, Connor Ennis. Connor, how you doing today? Great, man. Week 2, excited to be back for the podcast. Uh, last week, or the first week, it wasn't last week, the first week, we uh, we had a pretty good thing going there. I'm excited to keep this going. Uh, hopefully, this one turns out even better than the last one. Yeah, the the fan response has been great so far, so um, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, and uh, this week will be a full episode. Last week, I know we just kind of did an introduction, a little background, and then we got into some news, so this week, we're going to be doing our, our all three of our segments that we talk about, the interview, the the rap news segment, as well as the fan, uh, the fan Q&A, so let's start with the, let's start with the news segment, and we're going to start with let's start with Migos. So this goes back to, uh, some interview with Vlad TV. I can't remember how long ago. Um, but both Zaytoven and, uh, Quavo and takeoff of Migos, um, have, have all said that Migos has changed rap forever. And so of course, right now they're one of the hottest acts in rap. Um, they have one of the hottest sounds in rap, but, the question is, Connor, and I'm gonna toss it to you first, man. Have has Migos changed rap forever, as we know it? Has Migos changed rap forever? Okay, so I'm gonna give some respect where it's due here, and just go off and say what Migos has done is pretty insane. Um, I will agree that they've brought like this crazy new aspect to the guy to the game with like three guys that are all obviously very talented and pretty similar in style. I mean, they all pretty much rap the same way. They have that same like flow feel to them, but I'm not ready to sit here and say that they've completely changed the game. Uh, Honestly, like when I think about Migos influence, I still think about Chief Keef. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but I would agree to me, no Chief Keef, no Migos. So I'm not ready to say that about any other artists in reference to Migos. So maybe one day we'll be sitting here, you know, having the same discussion that some artist or group pretty much we can say without Migos, there wouldn't be them. Um, But at this point, I'm not ready to say that. Uh, Like I said, though, I respect what they do and where they are at this point, even though I'm not a huge Migos fan. But uh, no, I'm definitely not ready to say that they changed rap forever. See, and that's where, as I was approaching this topic, I was, I was, I kept tripping up over the wordage, you know, changing rap forever. Yeah. And you kind of touched on it, and I agree with a lot of your sentiments. Um, you know, the Chief Keef impact, all that, all that is very, very real. I don't know if, I don't know if you can totally say without Chief Keef, there's no Mikos, but I'm not willing to go that far. But I'm definitely willing to say that things are different. Maybe they find their own way. Maybe they don't. It, yeah. Again, that's a whole Pandora's box. We can yeah, open. you and that you really will, that never, never know. Yeah, you really never know. I mean, shit. They, but and and what I'm saying is that 
there's potential there potentially could be a situation where if Chief Keef was never here, Migos wouldn't be the same as they are today. Right, right. Yeah. So and so. and I would definitely and I would definitely agree with that sentiment. But um see the thing is the forever. And you know, people don't wanna say something forever. But I kind of agree because I think that and, and you talked about it at the end, like I think that Migos has had an impact on rap and has changed rap forever because you look at Migos and their influ- and now who they've influenced. They've influenced the Uzis in that in that wave as well as the Travis Scott, which is Travis Scott is the hottest, if not the second hottest. Yeah. I mean that I mean Migos Migos sound and, and Travis's sound are like are like cousins, and they're two of probably like the top three sounds in rap right now. And so you look at you look at Migos' impact, and it's huge right now. And so I see why they're saying that, but. As far as forever goes, I I think I'm willing to give that credit to them because when you look at it, when you look at it objectively, like you said, you know, there are going to be people. We're already seeing the next generation affected by Uzi, and mm-hmm. Uzi's gonna affect the next generation, and the next generation, and so on and so on and so on, and that all traces back to Migos. And of course, this Migos is at the starting point. So every everything tra- everything goes back to you know the first. Everything goes back to the message, right? I mean, essentially. So, it's really, it's really, really hard to say. Um, like you could, you could technically be right by saying Migos changed rap forever because they've technically influenced acts that will influence other acts, et cetera, et cetera. And so the lineage is there. But um, so, I, so if you want to be technical and argue, yes, you could say that Migos changed rap forever. But again. We see every, you know, five to ten years the sound and rap changes. And so um, Anthony Fantano, the Neo Drop, did a good uh, a good little piece on his side channel. Um, I forget what it's called. I think it's Anthony Fantano. Is, yeah, is I think it's channel. just called, yeah, I think it's just called Anthony Fantano. And he talked about, you know, trap being at, like, its peak right now and how, you know, rap predominant, predominantly has sounds that last five to ten years. Right. And then they fade away. And so, you know, we could see in two to three years, we could see the trap sound, which is as popular and which is, you know, heavily connected to Migos, we could see that fade away. And so my my point being is that, like, yes, they're impacting right now, they're one of the hottest, and yes, they have technically impacted forever, but, you know, you can look, you know, 20, 40 years from now, would you necessarily say that, you know, LL Cool J affected Migos? I mean, technically, yes, in a way, because right. LL Cool J inspired their favorite artists, you know, Migos' favorite artists, and, you know, whatever. And so the generation, so technically, yes, but if you're looking at it directly, no. So if if you're going off of direct impact, then I would say, I would say absolutely not, because the sound in rap is always going to change. And that's no discredit to Migos. Again, they're doing phenomenal, mm-hmm. like, they're doing phenomenal right now, and they're, and they're really, they really are one of the hottest acts in hip-hop, but... You know, it, it it's it, it depends on how you look at the question, how you frame the question, right? Yeah, it I, can go either way. I agree with that. I, d- I didn't even really look at it in the in the two ways that you kind of brought up. You know, there's two ways to look at the forever that they said. Um, but yeah, I mean, forever is a long ass time. Let's not <laughs> right. remember that. Forever is a long ass time, the longest time. And uh, but I have no problem with it, man. I, I like the I like the confidence. I like yeah. the. Uh, Hip hop founded on confidence. Yeah, of course, yeah, I like it. <laughs> awesome, cool. So uh, let's uh, let's move on. So, speaker box 
slash the love below outcast double album turns 14 years old what do you think about that uh man um it makes me feel old because um i remember listening to that album as a kid uh my friend chris adams who those of you are listeners of my podcast know very well chris adams he's one of he's my closest friend in life and so um his older brother is how i got introduced to a lot of rap and i remember his older brother just playing that album heavily just non-stop i mean if you ask john to this day that's one of his favorite albums of all time so yeah i i know i knew that album like inside out inside out before i even like knew rap it was crazy so yeah, yeah i, I love awesome. that album definitely man i mean i don't have as strong of ties to it as you do but uh i mean i love that album that's like probably in my opinion a top 15 album ever um and also, like, in my top 15 favorites. So, shout out to Outkast. Shout out uh, Big Boy and Three Stacks. Um, so, should we do, like, favorite fuck. songs or something off of that? Uh, I mean, if you want. All right, yeah. Let me pull up the track list. Give me one second. Um, yeah, cool. I'm I'll pull it up on, uh, on, my, on my iTunes library here. So, I got... All right, so, yeah. So, we can do it. Do pick a couple off of each disc because it's technically, you know, like you said, a double album. One's technically on Andre's Three Stacks, and the other is, you know, Big Boy. So, right. um, on the Big Boy side, my favorites, of course, it's got to be the way you move. Like that, that just, of course, that song is, of just course, phenomenal. Um, you know, uh, flip flop rock. You know, Killer Mike, Jay Z, some of my favorite rappers. <laughs> just, just, I mean, gotta have respect for that one. Uh, man, what what other ones would I say? What what else would I say is my favorite? Huh? See, I'm deciding. It's I think it's got to be ghetto music, just because I heard that one so damn much as a kid. Yeah. So um, those would be my three favorite off of that side. What about you, dude? Honestly, those are probably even my three favorites from <laughs> from that side. Like ghetto music is fucking awesome. Um flip-flop rock yeah those are probably my two favorites for sure um i like last call too that's dope um yeah yeah i think i'm gonna I roll mean, with those dude yeah i mean it's that album's just that album's just crazy and then so um good. and then andre 3000 side you know you got the, you got the love below uh you know some of my favorites are um I like spread a lot, even though I feel like not a lot of people like that. Roses, of course. Hey, ya, of course. One of the biggest songs, you know, ever oh, in hip hop. Yes. Um, Vibrate is definitely in my top three. I, I got to say for sure. Um, that one, that one is just an, an amazing instrumental. Um, I love, I love that. Um, it, it, I, I listen to that song so much that when Kendrick um, used that similar, um, that similar instrumentation and lost, it caught me for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, vi- I'd say vibrate roses and um, I'll go I'll go with spread. You know I could name I could name others. You know prototype I liked a lot. Um, the skits were very entertaining. But you know as far as favorite songs go, I can't you know make a skit even though they're all clever. Yeah. Um, I can't make that my favorite. But yeah, um, I I'd have to roll with I'd have to roll with those three. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with pink and blue. Um, probably second. I think Hey Ya's probably gotta be my second. I mean, dude, I've heard that yeah. song 
Oh my god! I mean, everybody's heard that song before you even knew what rap was, right? Exactly. Like, kids will always know that song. Yeah. Forever. Like I transcend it. Yeah. Um. And probably prototype. Those are probably my top three tracks from that. Let me Hmm. ask you this: What? Which side do you prefer over the other? Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Okay. Um. You know. Maybe it's because I'm an Andre fan, but I go with I go with the third side or not the third side Andre side three stack side. Um, I I just like the Love Blow a little bit better. I think as a complete project, but I think if I were to pick like if I were to do a list of of like the top ten tracks on this album of this let's see what is this oh forty tracks exactly if mm-hmm. I were to do the top ten, it would be pretty close to even, and I think. Overall, I think um, the Love Blow would probably have six of the ten. It, mm-hmm. It'd be that close to me, um, but I just think that the skits and everything that he that he did on on his album and the concept and it being so different than you know what other hip hop albums were. I mean, a lot of people weren't even calling it a hip hop album when it dropped, at least Andre's right, side. And right. so, um, and looking at you know some of my favorite artists being Kanye and looking at how that influenced Kanye and Drake and this whole generation of artists that we have now, um, I'd go with I I'd go with the Love Blow. I just think I just think cohesively as a project, I think I can I can listen to that one front to back more than I can listen to a Big Boy side. I think the biggest thing with this album is that, I mean, this is really the only quote unquote solo project we've gotten from 3k so it's like you big boy side is amazing and honestly i probably think i honestly think i would pick more tracks from speaker box but yeah i think overall the bias towards 3k would make me lean towards him yeah um i don't know i i think they're both just phenomenal though like it's such it's just such a good double album like i mean you could i can listen to it top to bottom pretty much like once a week for the rest of my life i think yeah yeah i mean for sure um for sure definitely one of the definitely one of the elite double albums in hip-hop history um right. you know that might be a whole nother discussion where it ranks among other double albums but for sure man but yeah uh, cool. okay so um the topic we want to jump into next let's see here um pull up my topic list here and the next one we wanted to jump into was all right, was Young Dolph. So yep. now this is a situation that I'm aware of. You know, I've I've heard it around a lot, but I haven't really followed it. So I looked up a timeline um, right. of the beef, and I you know I kind of read the article. But um, Young Dolph and and Yo Gotti is have this beef, and they're both Memphis hip hop artists. And so um, you know it it started with it started with uh, Young Dolph passing on signing with Yo Gotti into his label. Um, because Young Dolph wanted to kind of invest in himself as opposed to be relying on on others. And so um, that's kind of where the rumored, like where the tension sort of begins. And that's back in 2014. Right. And um, then it kind of just, it kind of, to me, to me, it seems like Young Dolph instigated a lot of this, at least publicly that we know of. Yeah, it does seem that way. Young Dolph is the one who dissed Yogadi on Twitter drops his album king of memphis you know obviously a clear shot you know and then um 
And then Black Youngsta, who signed to Yogati, jumps in as well, uh, signing with Yogati, of course. And so, um, so now it's kind of evolved into this three-way beef that's resulted in a shootout. And I don't know, I don't know the full details of the of the shootout. I just know that, um, I just know that apparently it was Yogati was a person of person of interest, and then it was it was uh, refuted, and he he was never charged with anything. Then one of Yogati's people was a was a um, was a person of interest, and then the charges were dropped again. So right. it's not really at this point we're not really sure. And that was as of last week that um, Yogati's associate was released without charges. So um, again, we don't know the full story. Obviously, at this point, we don't know if this was even a Yogati incident. This could just be the police, you know, going off of what we all would assume publicly because. Right. We don't know Young Dolph's enemy list, you know. We no. just know the Yogati, the public one. So, um, Yogati's doing all right, apparently. Or, sorry, yeah, Young, Young Dolph is doing all right, apparently. Yeah. So, that's good. Um, and so, again, we, we really have to wait and see where the where this situation goes. But what are your thoughts on, um, on the beef as a whole? Well, first of all, just in case, uh, in case the listeners don't, no, um, Dolph was apparently in a scuffle out in Hollywood. This happened in Hollywood. Um, he was arguing with a group of men. I don't know if it was his, like a team of his and a team of somebody else's or whatever. Um, but the argument became physical. Young Dolph was shot, rushed to the hospital in critical condition. And that's where the rumor came in about Yo Gotti. So, um, originally Yo Gotti was a person of interest. He was clicked quickly uh his name was quickly wiped and then they actually brought in an associate of his um and questioned him on attempted murder he was then released as well leaves us where we are now um it's a crazy situation you don't i mean we don't see this all the time and uh but Dolph is okay and in stable condition as we are uh, as we know now, so that's good. Glad to see he's okay. But um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really follow either of these rappers that much. It right. could escalate into something more, which might be cool if it is not violent and it's just like right. a rap beef. That'd be cool. But um, yeah. I mean, as far as what it is now, it doesn't seem great for the community even. So hopefully, it cools down, and if anything, just turns into a rap beef. Yeah, and um, you know. As far as the rap beef goes, Young Dolph did drop a track, um, you know, play with Yo Bitch, and uh, then later released a, a music video to it, kind of going the extra mile, you know. And the picture is a screenshot saying, mm-hmm. you know, Yo Gotti's baby mama, 24 missed calls, um, you know. And so I don't, I'm not aware of, again, I don't follow these artists as heavily, um, like like you said. And I'm not aware of a Yo Gotti diss track. Um, other than, other than the don't beef with me, I know there's that one, but outside of that, I don't know of any other one. Um, no, I don't either. So I don't, I don't know where this beef is at right now. I mean, young Dolph apparently, you know, tried to play it down, but it seems like he's the one instigating and taking all the shots, at least publicly. Um, you know, it could always be some industry shit behind closed doors that we just don't know. Right. But, um, you know, the bottom line is, yeah, I'm all for rap, rap beefs until they get violent. Um, you know, I mean, we lost two of our favorite artists that way, so definitely not trying to, definitely not trying to have that, have it escalate to that level again. Um, it's just stupid violence. So, 
you know, glad Young Dolph's okay. And uh, who knows? Hopefully we'll get some good music out of it. Yep, definitely. All right. Um, so our uh, next headline, a an interesting one to talk about, is Kanye and Jay-Z, uh, the feud between them may be ending. They are supposed to meet, is what I've read. They haven't talked about it yet, but... Um, this all goes back to the like $3.5 million, which is chump change to both of them. Uh, lawsuit between Title and Kanye. Um, you know, Kanye has had some mental issues lately, and it was more than just that. There was some stuff with Jay's daughter and Beyonce and stuff, but um, it's time. The world needs the throne back. Um, uh, yeah, and like I said, it like it's three and a half million dollars. Come on, guys. Um, just as a fan of hip hop, you never want to see like two legends that you love. I'm a huge fan of both of them. Most people are, and like let alone one of the greatest duos ever, beefing. It's just nobody wants to see that. So I'm yeah. just hoping this gets settled and they drop the throne too. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know. Kanye and Hove, um, easily two of my top four favorite artists of all time. So this feud hurts, you know, especially Big Brother being one of my favorite records like ever. Um, yeah, with with this with this whole situation, you know, to give fans some perspective, I'm sure every you know hip hop listener knows the story at this point. But if there's any that don't, real quickly to sum it up, um, Kanye during his life of Pablo tour got on stage in sacramento and you know started talking about all these things um you know how radio doesn't play real music and whatever and then it eventually evolved into um you know jay-z jay-z's daughter and uh kanye's daughter don't play together and so you know he's really hurt by that and he's saying and he's also really hurt by uh beyonce apparently was it i think it was i think it was mtv um, the MTV Awards, where um, Beyonce said she would not perform unless she won Music Video of the Year over Kanye and Drake. And so I guess that hurt Kanye. And, mm-hmm. you know, understandably so. If that's if that's true, that I can see Kanye's ang- anger. But, again, no need to call it out on stage, I think. I think that's a behind-the-scenes... I think that's a behind the scenes issue that's got to be solved that we don't even that we shouldn't even know about. So um, I think Kanye was wrong for bringing it to that. And, you know, shortly after he was checked in for um, for a mental illness. And, you know, there's been always reports flying around forever that, you know, he's some type of he's some type of he has some type of mental illness. And, you know, it's never really been confirmed. You know, some people say it's true. Some people say it won't. I'm not here to speak on Kanye's mental illness. Um I just I just want to see them back together. Um, the interesting thing is this comes out I believe shortly after Jay Z's Rap Radar um, interview. Which did you see that by the way, Connor? No. Oh, okay. Well, that was like the only interview he's done since he released Four Four Four. And of course, one of the questions they asked was you know the thing about Kanye and Jay Z. Kind of in that podcast um, again. I don't know when it was recorded because it was released about a month or two after um, 444, so it was quite some time, um, but clearly before this report. And um, Jay-Z said, you know, that he doesn't think they'll ever be friends again because of the situation. Right. And so it's interesting that this this uh, 
that this report is coming out here. So, you know, all you could do as a hip hop fan is hope, even if we don't, even if we don't get a watch the throne too. Like, I just want as like two of my four favorite artists. Like, I want these two to be best friends again. Even though you know some people will say they never really were the best of friends, but you know, I want them to be friends again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean the whole the throne too is a, a little bit of a joke, but I mean one can always hope. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm not mad at. I'm not mad if we get another watch the throne too which i am not here for any watch the throne slander by the way i have seen people like i've seen people slander that recently and i don't know if it's because of the feud but y'all need to stop it that album was good it was dude i agree i see people talking about it too they're like oh no this shit's overrated i'm like come on man that shit is fire don't don't front like you don't or didn't bump that album every day when it came out every day every day i man I remember that that album when it first dropped. I just remember. I remember. I think I listened to it that entire school year. It, it dropped in the summer, I believe, and it and I listened to it all the way till the next summer, like yeah, every day. Did because not only were like they going off and even talking about like real shit, but the beats were so fire, dude. Like, oh yeah. It was, and it was like this was like Kanye, like right after his peak, like where he's still like in the tail end of his peak, you yep. know, right. Shortly after my beautiful dark twist of fantasy, yep. and then um, before Jesus, and then you know Jay Z is not, you know peak Jay Z, but at the same time Jay Z is still Jay Z, and I think this is and this is like Jay Z. I think like coming back. Like if I were to rank this in Jay Z's tier of albums, you know I would not put this near the bottom. I'd put this in the in the middle as far as performance. Oh, um, so like this isn't peak Jay Z, but this is this is above average Jay Z. And so, you know, when you got those two going at it with this grand production behind it, I mean, how is it anything less than amazing, man? Like, Agreed. seriously. Agreed. But yeah, I'll, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you toss it to the last topic if you want. All right. The last topic is, um, the hip hop museum being built in the Bronx. So when I, uh, when I saw this, my only question, like in the back of my mind I was like, it never really dawned on me that there wasn't a central, like, museum location for hip-hop. Like, you have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and everything, but either, really? how, how, is there, how is there not a central place for such a big game? I mean, I know it hasn't been around nearly as long, but still, like, it seems like it's been overdue that this should have been built. Yeah, I agree, and I feel like, that's funny you feel like that because I always felt like every time I see, you know, Tupac um uh, getting to the to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and, you know, um Jay Z and into the songwriting hall of fame, I'm just always like, Man, where is the hip hop hall of fame? Right. So it's funny because I've been thinking ever, about it for years. I never ever thought about it. Yeah. And and you know, I've always been, you know, playing the game in my head, you know, if you're if you're doing it because I'm obviously a big fan of NBA, so um so, you know, I'm always thinking, you know, like if you were to do the Hall of Fame that way, like, you know, uh, for, for hip hop, though, you know, like what's your, you know, what's your like first 10 class of like for sure hip hop artists getting in, you know? And, oh, yeah. Uh, and That'd be crazy. And I, I'm just I'm just really excited for that. So um, the information, the only information I was able to dig up was that it's on the south side of the Bronx and um and at this point, all they've gotten is they've gotten the location. So, like, they have the right to build the hip-hop museum there. Like, they've uh, 
they've obtained the property and they yep. can they can build it. So um so it's just about like playing out now. And um it sounds like right now twenty twenty two is yeah, when it's going to be um it's going to be the first phase. I don't know if that means I don't know what that means as far as the the process. I don't know if that means, you know, we're not getting the hip hop museum till twenty twenty five or if we're getting it later in twenty twenty two. I d I don't really know don't what either. they mean by first phase. But um I was looking up the hip hop museum and who's behind it and everything and I actually found out that Curtis Blow is the chairman yep. and Ice T is on the board of directors, yes, which I, I thought was cool. Well. So yeah. I uh, um, when I was looking at it, I thought I w- just in the in the back of my mind, I kind of thought it would be cool if they did like the whole um, centralized hip hop hall of fame, but then if they kind of somehow um, broke broke out to sections of like a regional thing, where they had like a West Side Hall of Fame, East Side Hall of Fame, Midwest, uh, South kind of thing. Like I don't know how exactly they would division that up but if they and it's possible they do that in the building right that's in the actual building yeah that's what i'm saying like you know they could have the the top part be like the north slash midwest um and then like the left be the west the right be the east and then like the the front part be like the south and then they could have like a centralized location in the very middle which is like the actual the main like hall of fame but yeah i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do with it but it is gonna be really dope yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to see how they lay it out. Um, they they talked about it being very interactive and very full of information and everything. Oh, I'm sure I can't um, even imagine. You know, and I mean, the first thing when I seen this article was, "Where's the link to tickets?" You know, like, <laughs> yep, like sign me up. You know, I'm I'm calling it. We're doing when it opens. We're doing a live podcast from there. Hundred percent from the hip hop. Even if even if it's outside in the front, we're doing it. Oh yeah, even if it's dead ass January in the Bronx, they I don't they care. might not let us in because we're we're not at that platform yet. But but we're doing it there. We somehow. got to like twenty twenty five, bro. That's we true. can do it. That's true. Very. We true. got we got time. We got time, man. Next, Chris and myself interview Don from Noisy Images. We talk about his craft and where his channel is headed. Hope you enjoy. All right, everyone, and welcome to the first interview of the Untitled To Be Named Later Hip Hop Podcast. And um, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that Don of Noisy Images is joining me. Don, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How's everybody? Doing good. Excellent. Doing I'm good. doing great. Thank you for uh, coming on the show, man. We really appreciate it. Oh no, absolutely, man. Yeah, and I think, um, I think to to lead this off, I'll like kind of jump into the first question. But I'm glad, I'm glad that you're one of the first interviews we're doing, and you are actually the first. And I'm glad because I think you're doing, and we'll get to this in the discussion. I think you're doing a different approach, and and you're kind of doing a different like niche in the hip hop community than what a lot of people are doing. You're kind of zigging while everyone's zagging, and it's it's very it's very interesting to me. Mm. Yeah, I, f- well, I feel I feel what you're saying. Yeah, go ahead, Connor. Um, I'll let you I'll let you fire off the questions first. All right, all right, cool. Sounds good. Well, so uh, just a little uh, little brief thing before um, Chris is re- actually the one who put me on to your videos and everything. So I watched a few of them a few months back. I watched a few here and there as they've um, as they've come up on my feed on YouTube, um, and I really love what you do. You have a lot of really good content. Um, and actually today I watched your new Kanye and Jay-Z video, thought it was very, very good, uh, f- phenomenal video. The, 
the BBC interview with uh, Kanye and Zane Lowe is like my favorite interview ever. So I was really it's happy great. to see. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I was, or <clears throat> I was, it's phenomenal. So I was very happy to yeah. uh, see that in the video. Um, but the first question I have for you is, mm-hmm. um, so your videos are very intricate, a lot of detail. Uh, what is the timeline and creative process look like for you when you start creating a video? That's a really good question. Um, my answers with that, the fun, I'm actually, if I sound tired, it's because I am, because I put a lot of time into my latest oh, video. No, that's good, <laughs> um, yeah, like, and that is like an interesting question because, you know, people, especially like my friends who like know how busy my actual life is outside of YouTube to see that I'm still pumping out um, this content on a regular basis, you know, they ask that a lot. It's different. Um, this last one was probably like, like a works week, a work, a work week's worth of work. So like, give or take forty to fifty hours. Okay. Um, and wow. so, and but you know they're not like that all the time. Sometimes I can really get on a roll and I can make one in like a day and a half. Um, some of my early ones I made in one day. Um, like my, I want to say like my first three or four. Uh, and it really comes down to how prepared I feel for, for the material by the time I start working on it. And so like some of the Kanye ones come together really quickly because I'm a Kanye stan and have been for so long that my mind is like this encyclopedia of like useless information that I make useful and I make useful for me. So, um, those come really easy. Something sort of like, um, some of the ones that can take a little bit longer are, some of the Kanye ones where they talk a little bit more about like spirituality or philosophy, you know, and it's not so much talking about like it, it, that gets a little, that takes a little while because it turn it goes from, okay, I researched all this stuff to how do I, how do I translate this in a way that doesn't take an hour, you know? And, right. yeah. and so like, yeah, getting it, cutting that stuff down to a reasonable runtime figuring out like how much is too much like and there's also just a lot of reading that goes into it like it's it's really hard to make content like this if you're not you know uh, for lack of a better term a bookworm but we're not using books now because it's the internet but if you're not like constantly reading like this stuff becomes almost impossible to do because and i've done that i've like a cut there's a couple videos where i've been like so pressed for time and like thinking oh i'll just like wing it but that's actually even harder yeah and i would assume as far as like production and editing and everything like that the longer the video is because you you have some uh i looked at you have some some videos that are a little shorter like five minutes and then you also have some that are like well, the most recent one was like 15, I think. So I would assume mm-hmm. as far as editing and production, like the longer the video, it takes you a lot longer to to finish it as well. Surprisingly not, actually. Really? Um, mm-hmm. uh, this last, <clears throat> now this last Jay-Z Kanye one, this one, that came together in about, a, <clears throat> in about a week. And that was honestly like a stream of consciousness that I ended up just editing. But okay. It, it was because of that, because it was a stream of consciousness type thing, and I already knew where I wanted to take it as soon as I started editing. I had it all pre-written. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm, so, it all, so it all just worked together faster. Sometimes the cutting it down to five minutes takes a really long time because I'll have like a good 10-minute video. Like there's nothing really wrong with it, but I know 
it's just unnecessarily long. And there's right. like, and I know that somewhere, somehow, there's a way for me to condense this, and that can take a long time. And then what ends up happening is usually, and if you've watched a lot of my videos, you'll know, I do a lot of um, just like visual experimentation, trying to figure out what style I like the best to edit in. So sometimes when I'm feeling particularly experimental, that can, you know, cause extra time. So, you know, like I said, it varies, um, but the bulk of the time for me is always in the writing and research process. However long that takes will kind of depend how long the rest of the video takes. So I assume you try to keep the videos com- almost as sh- not as short as possible, but like as condensed because, you know, well, people in general don't have very large um attention Attention spans so i would assume that you know if you can keep a video shorter it would help maybe your views and ratings um yes and and a lot of ratings but yeah yeah but i know i get what you're saying and and to an extent yes but also it's like um sometimes we're giving people information and if you look back at you, we can't do it so much. <clears throat> excuse me, we can't do it so much in live conversation. But when you're recording yourself and everything, and you look back, it's like, huh, there's actually a more efficient way to say this. Oh, okay. You know, so then it turns into it's just like this doesn't have to be a 10 minute video. So I'm I'm not at all um like averse to like I don't have reservations for making longer videos. It's just like is the length justified? Because if it's not, then like. You know, I don't want to waste, I don't want to waste anyone's time or I don't want anyone to think that I'm like just milking, just milking it, you know, and kind of like skating by and just like, right. yeah, yeah. Cool. That's interesting. Uh, to go off of, off of what Connor brought up and, and in your response, I kind of sparked this question in my mind is um, like when you do these breakdowns and I guess I should have started with introducing what you do. So you do these, you do now you do album reviews and we'll get to that in a second but as far as like the breakdowns go which is a very kind of niche community that i was talking about earlier in 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 hip-hop in terms of in terms of like in terms of content media information like the breakdown aspect is kind of is kind of different and so i notice when you're doing these wormholes like the question i'm always asking myself is like when you're doing this you start with one topic but it's it's never one topic it it always pulls into other realms like how do you decide what is justified in being brought into the situation? What is not like, do you, do you ever kind of question, am I going too far? Uh, how do I stay in the pocket? Like, cause to me, that probably takes the longest part in my opinion would be at least what I, from my perspective is, yeah. I feel like it would take, it would take a lot of time just to decide what's worth like expanding into and what's worth like leaving to the side and delegating. <clears throat> Well, the funny thing about noisy images, the noise, noisy images is me being 100% myself. And my friends and family know that the way that I talk um, in a noisy images video is exactly the same way I talk in real life. Hmm. Um, so I'm always, literally everyone knows that they can't have a conversation with me without me somehow bringing up the social context and the cultural context and the where this word comes from and why we think this way. Like I've always been that person ever since I was a little kid. So all I'm doing is just broadcasting what I am. You know, I, I, what happened was me and a few friends, uh, to this day, we message, uh, we have a group message and, talk about Kanye and music every day. And we've been doing that for like two and a half years now. Um, and that 
it just kind of turned into me wanting to share that with the world. So, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, I'm really just selling myself, you know, and my vision. It's right. just like this is just this is just what I am. So, but you're right in the sense of there. With, with that said, you know, there is still effort, you know, that goes into making these connections and stuff. And um, I learned a lot of that. I, I uh, in college, that was a class I took um, about just kind of media as a whole. And um, like, what was it? It was like it was a class that taught like the philosophy behind television in the 60s. So it was like the first kind of class that I ever took like that where it was like, okay, we're going to look at a medium, but we're going to like explain why it's significant to the time that it was in. And I had never like heard anybody like explain something like that to me. And the end, the final paper was we had to pick two television shows from different genres and different times and how they connect with their social messages. And so it was a really complicated assignment. And I was like, there's no way this is possible, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I might as well like go all the way with it. So I picked, I went completely out of left field. I picked I Love Lucy from the 50s. And I compared it with Friday Night Lights, the football drama. Hmm. And, Hmm. but you had to find a through line. You had to find a societal through line. What was the through line? Both shows deal with, um, the um, uh, like core of American family dynamics, and you know Friday Night Lights is more like a dramatic, like heartwarming Texas family drama, but it's all about family. And then uh, I Love Lucy is also about family, and it was kind of like comparing the two things. And I found out like in the fifties there was just a lot of sexism, and like uh, you know Lucy's husband would try to beat her and all that stuff, blah blah blah. And then comparing it to like if you watch, if you guys have seen Friday Night Lights, or if you haven't seen it, it's a very progressive uh, and fair view of marriage from a completely non-sexist viewpoint. And so it was just kind, and it was just kind of showing like, whoa, like. Yes, these 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 two things come from two completely different places, but they're both speaking to the same issue. And look how different they are, comparing you know how they are in different times. So I realized that you could have a common conversation about something while referencing all these different things around it, and finding out that the world is a whole lot more connected than we think it is. Hmm. That's, That's really interesting. interesting. Yeah. It is. Uh, Okay, mm-hmm. Connor. So, did you have um, a question about his album reviews, or was it, or was it something else you wanted to go into? Because I think that's a really interesting point of discussion with him. Uh, no, I I didn't have a. Uh, I know you're more f- familiar with the overall channel than I am, and that how he's progressed into the album reviews. Um, so I'll actually let you guys talk about that first. Okay. Um. All right. So yeah. So the the thing that I find interesting is, like I said, you. I discovered you looking up, you know, a Kendrick Lamar breakdown, and I found uh, the one you did. It was the first one you did off Kendrick. It was the um, trying to remember it now. It was the one. Oh, the uh, Black, Black or the Bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of my favorite videos to this day. That one and the Jay Z one are my two favorites to this day. Um, mm. uh, but so when I, so when I was like looking at your channel and everything, you were doing breakdowns, and I've had you on my podcast, and I kind of. Uh, floated the idea of doing album reviews to you and thinking about and like what you what kind of gauged your thoughts on that and so now like since since then like 
you have done album reviews. I'm not trying to take credit for it. You can say I infiltrated mm-hmm. whatever, but um, yeah, I mean, there was definitely you and, and quite a few others who were saying right. And so the reason I find your album review so interesting is because like your content was very um, or not was I mean it is, but um, your breakdowns and everything were very objective and fair. Like I never when I was watching your first you know however many videos I think I. Because after I watched a Kendrick one, I watched them all up until that point, and then through there, I've seen most yeah. of them. So, um, you know, I I always I I always never knew. I was like, does he like Kendrick? Does he like Drake? Does he like Kanye? Who does he like? Who does he hate? Like, you know, and and so it was very objective, and it was it was a very good job of staying fair and feeling like this isn't one this isn't one side. This is this is both sides, and you choose what you believe. Like right. the um like the few like the designer one you know stealing, um which was a, another great one and so then you go to album reviews which album reviews are a very opinionated um are a very opinionated thing like I have opinions on albums that you might not agree about and vice mm-hmm. versa so how do you do you feel that um do you worry that your album reviews are kind of contradicting the content of your channel like how how are you approaching album reviews? Well. I am approaching them by not doing them anymore. <laughs> um, but for the reason of this, because you just asked me that question, I feel like album reviews do compromise my brand because, not because I don't have an opinion, but right. because... It forces you to take sides, I feel like, in album review, as opposed to as opposed to discussion. A discussion, you can kind of post mm-hmm. the thread, right? You can kind of you yeah. can kind of throw the conversation out there and just let the conver- it could be about the conversation as opposed to what side of the conversation you're on. And right? I, I just yeah. And I also just I don't want to be forced to listen to music I don't mess with just because I have to, you know, meet because something came out last Friday, so it has to be reviewed. Um mm. and honestly, like and as more albums were coming out in between, like the la- like I love Tyler's last album, and that was like a shining moment of like those couple months for me. And then just kind of like week after week, week I was like, oh no, I gotta listen to this. Oh, I gotta listen to that. Oh, and then I was like, well, I can't like hmm. be just skipping over people, and then people think that you know. So I was just like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to. You will know who I really love or who I really mess with or who I really find interesting if I make a video about them. Mm-hmm. And not that the ones who haven't had a video about them yet, that doesn't mean I don't like them. Obviously it takes time. I do the whole channel by myself currently. So, um, but I, I just figured that, you know, you have Pitchfork and you have all these people and they, it's just, it's review after review after review. And I feel like, yes, they have opinions, but honestly I feel like a lot of people are, are faking their opinions because they have to they have to have an opinion right now you know they have to keep up yeah and they have to keep up and if there was five albums like they don't get enough listens you know because they wanted to get the scores in and so then what starts happening for me and i'm you know if there's writers out there or listening or if you guys know writers like um you know i don't know a whole lot about their motivations and i would love to believe that they actually 100 percent believe everything that they're writing down but i know for me when i listen to an album sometimes i don't really love it until like the fifth listen you know right or, or at the fifth listen i realize actually it's kind of getting old it actually wasn't that good for me uh yeah 
and, and no, so, it's something I struggle with, like yeah. too, as a because I do album reviews and mm-hmm. Connor does as well, and I'm sure I'm sure you you struggle with it as well, Connor. Like, there's a lot to keep up with. Like, I still haven't. There's a reason I'm holding out for Jay Z. I'm doing something special for that. But I mean, it's easy to get lost in like all these reviews. I mean, there's projects that I have opinions on whether I like them or hate them, like like uh, Lil Uzi's album and stuff. Like, those are albums that I want to talk about. But then there's Oh shit! There's this album. Oh yeah, shit! There's that exactly, album. And exactly. Exactly. It's, it's really hard to. It's really hard to um, know. And and you're right. Like my my listens my my thoughts on albums change after more listens. But I find I find that as a music reviewer, I've found that I I know when I I I get. It's just kind of a gut feeling. It's not really a science to it. But you kind of know when you when your final thought is your final thought when you do it as much as I have, and and you know there's certainly others that have done it yeah, way yeah, longer. Yeah, yeah, there's def- yeah, but, there's definitely. Thing. But yeah, I get what you're saying. You're 100 percent right in it. Like it's very, it's a very tough and narrow right. lane to be in. Well, but it's also just like the world was much nicer to music reviewers in the past because. You know, mm-hmm. like people would get their advanced copies and, you know, they'd get time. They just they were allowed the time, you know, and to there re- wasn't as much music like and there wasn't content. as much music. Do you so, think do you ahead. think, OK, um, just going off of that, do you think that when you decided to start doing the album reviews and, it, you know, you felt that way about it after a while, did it is it also a thing that maybe it became more it felt more like a job to you than a passion yeah that would be pretty accurate because <laughs> what ended up happening was i already felt like i was being pretty reactionary in making reviews because right. you know it was like oh well especially like in between like the bigger videos like i i don't have it so much anymore but i would have like a writer's block and not know what my next video should be and so I'd be like, well, I have to fill up that space with something. And sorry, it was like a loud motorcycle that went by. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, okay. And so I, I would put it together, but I also felt the, sa- I felt the same struggle. It was like, okay, this just came out. And I know that if I wait too long to post this, it's not going to get enough views. You know, and, yeah. and and or or some people would be over the project, maybe, you know, and so because the next one's going to come out. And so and I was just like, well, this doesn't feel fair to me or like the type of brand that I'm trying to set up because, you know, I'm I'm showing these kids and I'm showing that how much I love the music. And I did, you know, I didn't want to be like half heartedly putting something out or like I said, like, what if I loved it the first two listens? And because I'm weird like that sometimes, you know, things really grow on me. And then like, f- you know, five more listens and I'm like, oh, wow, like this isn't that good. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. yeah. yeah and also, I think also like, through that. Y- yeah, you have like with with album reviews, you do have a shelf life, like as opposed to breakdown videos, which is another reason why I like what you do is because not only is it very informative, but it's also to me, breakdowns have more of a shelf life than uh, than an album review per se. Yeah, and, and I also like exactly, and the and the people that I also talk about, um, if you notice, are, are people that I feel like represent a sort of milestone in music. You know, mm-hmm. in this, you know, whether it be Kanye, Kendrick, even if like even when Designer came out, like I still think like in pop music, especially for hip hop, like it's definitely a milestone. Will it be 
really remembered in the next few years? Probably not. But if you really paid attention and like zoomed in on the timeline, like that, that is a it, it's yeah. yeah, it is a pretty big moment. Also because it's on a on a on a Kanye album that most likely will be considered a classic in a few years. You know, so. Um, so I like that. Like I like focusing on, on moments like that that I feel like are special. And if I'm just feel like oh, little Uzi came out with an album on Friday, let me just pump. Up. I don't know. Like I would rather spend that time on something that I know will last longer. If little if little Uzi comes out with a classic album of some sort, then sure, I'm gonna talk about it somehow. Uh, mm-hmm. But but if it's just like if I listen to it to it, I'm not not just that album, but just in general, if I listen to an album, it's like eh, it's like a six or a seven for me. Like I don't. Why should I force myself to make a video about it? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I agree. With but that. that's but that's oh. just that's just because of course I'm not. Uh, I didn't begin by promoting myself as a music reviewer. Right. Uh, if I right. did, yeah. If I did, then I would be. Even if I didn't like it that much, I still would would try to do it because of that's how I you promise to be but I promise myself and to my audience to be more of an analyzer so that doesn't mean that I'll never do a review again what'll probably happen is as time goes on and I have more uh, like an actual team um, you know those things can be like delegated you know by people mm-hmm. who are people who are more passionate you know if I if I right. link, link up with someone who's way more passionate about reviews and really loves it then by all means like let that person run with that idea but I'm going to run with what I'm passionate for because listeners and, and viewers are going to know, like you're going to know if I'm into it or not. Right. Yep. I, I agree. And I think it's also easier to, to like say um, your Kendrick fear itself video, like that came out what, like the week, like a week within a week of the release. Like, I feel like it's much easier to, you know, take a song or an element of a song mm-hmm. and, and not just to, not like I don't want to discredit what you're doing by saying it's easier to take that and go with that, but I right. feel like it is as opposed to as opposed to consuming a whole album. I feel it's easier to say, you know, on your first or second listen, say, okay, this is a really interesting concept. This can go here, bam, yeah. and and then you can dedicate all your time to you know taking it down yeah. the rabbit hole as opposed to the whole album. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, exactly. And and the, with that also comes sort of. Uh, uh, you can like pay attention, uh, appreciate the nuances of something a lot more, you know, as opposed yeah. to like, okay. yeah, when you're dealing with the whole album, it's like, it's great, you know, and like you're not able yeah. to really pick apart like deeply. Um, and also, you can see that trend out like in like movies about real people, like bio- biographical movies, like. Now there's like this trend of like like the Steve Jobs movie like we're gonna focus on when he released the iPhone, and as opposed to like when he was born and the, to the day he died like now there's like more movies coming out like that because I think people are realizing like it's really easy to like exhaust all options when you're being like too general because like for example like if I just give a general video about all of the life of Pablo. Like, there's probably a billion videos and articles already about that. So there's, like, nothing special about that. As opposed to yeah. if I, like, as you see in my videos, like, I, I do, so, uh, I've done a video about Famous. I've done a video about Father Stretch My Hands. or Like, like those are more interesting because it's like, hey, all right, we know that everybody's been talking about the obvious things. Let's focus on, like, something real specific. Yeah, I like that. Connor, cool. you got something you want to throw at him? Yeah. Um, so this, this might be very simple and it might not be, but, um, throughout this whole process of creating videos, which one was your favorite to make? 
Oh wow. Um, the the Kanye West, the art of staging. I think will always that one's phenomenal. That will always be my favorite because. Um, one, it took me the longest. And so it was because it was the one that I was writing before I ever started the channel. Oh, okay. And so it, I wanted it. I think for a while I, I was thinking like maybe a Kanye video was going to be my first one, but I was like, no, I want to build like a little tiny bit of an audience up so I can have like a push when it was. Right. So, so thankfully I was out able to have like a little push and, uh, it helped. And along with that, um, it also, gave me like the encouragement to keep going because obviously as you guys know like starting up a youtube channel or a podcast or whatever like the world like that world that world is so huge that you're like oh man like what if i just get lost in the shuffle right Mm -hmm. and when the art of staging went up just a couple hours later a dude from donda emailed me and was like this this is great he says i do have some notes for you though blah 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 and is like straight up giving me information on like like what went into some of Kanye's stuff and I was like oh wow and uh he's like yeah but by the way it's like cool it's a good video blah 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 um I won't say his name because he told me not to uh but it was not Kanye himself (laughs) (laughs) um and then uh I remember I tweeted it to Mike Dean just kind of like shot in the dark uh like what do you think of this and he like immediately retweeted uh, I got in touch with another person in Kanye's camp. A uh, couple people who produced Yeezy season three loved it. Uh, so you know it didn't it didn't give me as many subscribers as I have now. I now have like sixty three thousand or sixty four thousand. At that time, I only had like I don't know maybe two thousand, if okay. that. You know, so so the fact that it was only two thousand subscribers and like getting this sort of like quality attention, that was what really did it for me because it wasn't the numbers that was important to me. It was like okay, like these are people with taste, you know, and these are people yeah, who are taste. Absolutely. These are and these are people who are taste makers who enjoy it. So that to me is the most exciting part of the process because I've always gone into this specific thing as. Um, wanting to be a tastemaker and so the fact that i can speak to other tastemakers just means that i'm on the right path yeah that's awesome yeah that's that's awesome because that's uh that is one of my favorites and that's uh that is a phenomenal i'm looking at your channel now and that's to this day one of your still one of your most highly viewed videos Um, yeah which is funny also because it's a um it's a longer one too yeah yeah it's uh what about 15 minutes yeah 14 and a half pretty much yeah 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 that that that's a great one that's interesting i never knew that um you know you got actual like contact with with people and um like mike dean stuff that's really that's really awesome yeah oh yeah man that was yeah that was uh i mean i love mike dean honestly like probably next to kanye like i'd probably geek out the most if i met mike dean in a room (laughs) Uh, just because he just seems so chill and cool and like you know, he has, like, the most amazing piano and, like, keyboard skills. Like, I grew up playing piano as a kid. So, like, seeing... It's kind of fun to, like, see, like, this dude is, like, so good at the keys, but he's, like, making, like, some of the hardest, like, hip-hop songs today. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's, it, that's funny. Um, so, on that subject, I mean, you mentioned Kanye earlier, and I had you on my podcast for that. 
Kendrick Lamar discussion, which was very controversial, by the way. Um, I, Wait, I got wh- a lot of which mixed... one was which one was controversial? Sorry, uh, the Kendrick one that I had you on on my podcast, the um, uh, hip hop yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That one got a lot of attention. Um, so one of the things that that I find funny. So I know on there you talked about Black Thought being one of your favorites, and you mentioned here being a Kanye stand. So I'm just curious, like, because I truly don't know off of watching you know 90 80 percent of your videos i still truly don't know like if i had to guess who your top five favorite artists are i wouldn't really know i would i wouldn't really know i'd guess those two but you told me one of them and one of them you never made a video about so um who are who are some of your favorite artists wait what was the one i never made a video about uh black dot right you haven't made a video about black dot have you that's right that's right uh no i haven't actually you know it's funny because yeah. now i started going back in my mind i was like oh i had to have like mentioned him in a video right and i was like no guess not sorry i i, I should <laughs> i shouldn't have been uh th- there was like a notification i got that like okay th- this is funny i might as well bring it up for the for the podcast somebody tweeted me uh kanye west mashup with the movie nymphomaniac and it says uh, it's a video mashup of kanye i'm in it with like this guarantee it was probably basically porn so i just like <laughs> replied i was like i was like i'm married i'm not watching uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah going back to what you're saying top five artists uh in i don't like to order them so in no particular order yeah just favorites just yeah. fa- it doesn't have to be like best whatever that's no all no yeah so yeah uh just music wide um well i might as well just get kanye out the way because we already know um yeah michael jackson um Gosh, it's man. These conversations are so difficult. Um, yeah. Honestly, Rihanna. Rihanna will. I will die. I will die screaming Rihanna's name as a wonderful artist. I love um, Rihanna. I, yeah, yeah, I love her. You're not. Um, you're not getting arguments here. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know what it is? It's just. You know, yeah, she doesn't have a Beyonce voice, and that's not the point. She has her voice, and she's so distinct. You know, like once you start singing, you know exactly who it is. That's that's a really special quality. Um, the other one, part of me like wants to say Prince, but then part of me feels like I'll be a little, little bit of a poser because I just don't know his catalog well enough. Like I know Michael Jackson's or something. You know, um, right? Eminem is up there. Eminem is really high up there because Eminem really did. A, I think he has the greatest flow of all time. Uh, but secondly, I think, um, you know, the image that he brought, I mean, that was just such, that was so rebellious, so great. Yeah. Um, how, how many have I listed so far? Four. Uh, you've listed four, yeah. Okay, last one. Oof. There is. I don't know if you guys know. Um, Sa- oh, no, easily. Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke. Okay. Yep, Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke is my favorite singer. The, in my opinion, the best singer who ever lived. Really? Wow. Yeah. Hot take. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, okay, I, uh, Connor, do you have any more questions? No, or? no, that's all I wanted to ask. Okay. Um, I have one final question, and it's just something that I just thought of as you brought that up, so sorry about that. Um, oh, yeah, it was fine. But... Um, would you ever, because a lot of your, I notice a lot of yours, uh, your breakdowns, if not all of them for the most part, are pretty much 
they're, they're they start from they stem from a topic in the present right and then they go back to the past so are you ever are you ever thinking about going back and doing something you know with a michael jackson a black thought or artist that you like as a or do you or do you just kind of tie in what they do to to modern art like would you ever like you know take a conversation from uh from the past or or a song from the past or something and do and start that as a launching point of a video or would you just kind of incorporate those into modern songs because pretty much all you do when you release it it's pretty much always like relevant to the time or related to the time that we're in you know what i'm saying yes i get what you're saying um probably a bit of both i actually was just having a conversation with a friend about that about you know how hip-hop especially hip-hop music in general it's really easy to like talk about influences and stuff like that and it's really easy to Mm -hmm. dip into like past great artists and stuff um you know what as long as it serves the video i don't really care about like which side like um I feel like the one that I did on Kanye's Famous was more about Nina Simone than it was about Kanye West. Um, <laughs> and, you know, because that was, in my opinion, that sample of, uh, and like the spirit that Nina Simone was saying through the sample that Rihanna sings, it's like, it's the heart of the song. So it just makes sense to talk, you know, about her influence and how like that really spoke to it so it is con it's a kanye video but like i felt like i was able to talk about nina simone without it just being like and kanye sampled her by the way you know like i felt like i I, you know i really sat and you know explained like the appreciation for that artist and i do prefer it that way i don't want to necessarily um just throw it in there like oh by the way like this no i actually would like to just kind of talk about you know artists that have really paved the way um, for us today, um, because I do know that, you know, it might be harder to just straight up, sadly enough, it might, it is harder to just come up with a Michael Jackson only video, but Michael Jackson is the father of so many artists. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, I, it's easy to bring it up in a relevant and respectful way to the artist. Um, and that's, right. and that's kind of what I aim to do because sure, one day I'll be able to just be like, you know, like Sam Cooke's my favorite one day I'll be able to release a Sam Cooke video and people are like, no, Oh, it's noisy images. Like, of course, but right. Yeah. But right now it's like, I know that I'm reaching a demographic that hasn't heard or hasn't lived through the eras of even like nineties artists and stuff, you know? So, uh, so I, I want to be able to connect everybody, you know, for, yeah. you know, at least for now. Um, you know, and maybe one day it'd be like, hey, like, here's the side where I talk about just only classic artists, you know, that would be dope. Right. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I mean, your 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 videos always have some type of element that reaches back into time um, and like kind of shows the influence and how things got there. So it, it it's funny. I, I always wondered if you would start like kind of a launching point like from like mm-hmm. going in the past and use that as a launching point as opposed to the way you do now which is you kind of almost go you start in the present you go back and then you bring it back to the present or to the future yeah almost. i might you know i might it just actually huh i might do that on my next one actually that actually <laughs> that actually works once again i'll take credit for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> nah, man. you should take credit yeah. for that one <laughs> thank you don um no man it's been it's been fun having you on, Don. Um, Don, Noisy Images, why don't you go ahead and uh, plug what you do? Uh, yeah, so Noisy Images, I uh, make video essays. It's sort of like a, almost like an online museum. Walk through and you'll know what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
so that's the channels as is you can search that um i am on instagram at noisy images just one word uh and twitter is noisy underscore images which is really inconvenient and if anybody uses facebook still noisy images one which is even worse it's like the sad <laughs> it's literally like the saddest like thing like i was like why why did why why did instagram have it not the others but whatever awesome yeah. well thank you very much man like i said we really appreciate you coming on uh great first guest cannot complain at all thank you so much oh absolutely thanks for having me next up connor and i take your submitted questions and answer them if you'd like to submit your question and be featured on next week's episode, please email it to us at ccpodcontact at gmail.com. Once again, that's ccpodcontact at gmail.com. So we got three questions this week that we're going to answer. Um, the first one is from, uh, is from Chase, and he said, hey, guys. Have have you guys discussed Brock Hampton at all? I wonder uh I wonder what you expect the future of big collectives like Brock Hampton to be. So I'll toss it to you first. Um you know, we've never on this podcast discussed Brock Hampton. I haven't reviewed it on my podcast. I don't know. You haven't reviewed Brock Hampton on your podcast, have you? No, 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 no. No. Um I just listened well, you know, the the Brock Hampton album, listened to it when it came out. Right. Um you know, a lot of people really loved the album, and I'm not going to even lie. Like, I'm not huge on Brockhampton at this point. I thought the album was okay, uh, but I did see some good future potential in it. Um, but at this point, he just doesn't strike me as this great figure that a lot of people are throwing him in this category to. Um, he has a lot of good buzz around his name as of late, which is really good for him. Um, you know, he needs to build up that fan base and if people are rocking with him, then cool, man, I'm all for it. Um, but I think, uh, I think he has a good future in the rap game just with the way that he's been talked about lately. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just not there on him yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the group, you know, as a whole and like the big collective of it all, um, that's, I think the interesting question, um, to me, cause to answer the first part of your question, Chase, yes, both Connor and I are aware of Brockhampton. Um, we've listened to we've listened to the projects, uh, two projects this year, right? Yes. Yeah, two. Um, I I wasn't sure if there's a third. Um, Not that so I'm aware of. I think I think the big collective rap group thing has kind of become a niche community. Like you look at like to me the last like big kind of quote unquote collective rap group. And it's not even like a collective group. It's you know it's um it's ASAP Mob, and um you know they put out you know what two projects in the last two years, and you know they've gotten some buzz, but like I don't think those projects have built either of any of their careers. Like you know mm -hmm. if anything, it's just kind of another part of their career. It's not really right. anything that's um, propelling them to new heights. And so that's why I think it's kind of become a niche community today. Like, because today's hip hop is kind of all about the celebrity and the individual brand. That's why you look at a lot of people are trying to break up Migos and a lot of the media is like, who's going to have the better career? And, you know, yep. and Migos is like, fuck that. We're staying together. We're doing us, right. um, you know. And so it, it it's different because 
back in the old days, you know, hip-hop groups was where the money was at, you know, the Wu-Tangs and NWAs and all this, like, that was why when Cube left NWA, it was kind of considered risky at the time. And so, you know, again, with Migos really being the exception of today's, uh, of today's, like, quote-unquote, like, big group, um, and, and again, they're not even a huge group, they're just three artists, um, and, you know, ASAP Mob being a bigger group, but I don't, I just, I, I don't see, I see it as a niche community. I don't think a lot of the, I don't think the general hip hop is going to, um, is going to latch on to groups unless it's going to take a transcendent group an outcast a tribe, you know, to, um, to really be attached to the group. Now, Migos is an interesting case to me because I think, I think I'm going to like Migos as a whole better, rather than them separately, but um, that obviously remains to be seen, and that's, you know, kind of a future discussion, but what are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I mean, even, you know, you talk about the ASAP mob, that's a good point to bring up. Like, what was the name of that, the album they just dropped? Cozy Tapes. Cozy Tapes. Cozy Tapes 2? Yeah, yeah, there there was one and two. Um, yeah. Each dropped, each drop, one dropped in twenty sixteen, one dropped right. this year. In, like, okay, September. Cozy Tapes two was this year, the recent one. Okay, yeah, like that project was terrible. I'm sorry, and and it's not even gonna really reflect on any of them. It's like you said, it's it's very it's solo at this point, and they as a group are there, but it nobody's really gonna like hold it against, you know, like nobody's gonna hold ASAP Rocky back for what he's done personally because of what has happened with ASAP mob, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. They're not, their success is not dependent on the group. And so again, Migos is the, is the real case you can look at because they're the one that came in as a group and it'll be interesting. We'd have to reevaluate this question again when they break up to really Mm -hmm. understand the impact of groups today. But um, I think, as a hip hop artist, if I were a hip hop artist, I would probably go solo first before, you know, you could do collab projects with artists and everything and that's cool, but I think I would stay I would stay solo because today's hip hop is all about to me like the celebrity and the individual brand as opposed to, you know, some collective identity. Right. I forget. I heard uh I I can't remember what this lyric is from, but they said people don't buy mu- music in this day and age, they buy the brand, which is true. I forget hmm. who even said that, but yeah, I mean, it, I it is, remember. I mean, they do, they do buy the music obviously, but a right. lot of what people buy into is the brand, you know, having they stream that, the music. <laughs> yeah, ex- that's true. They don't buy the music. I forgot. They stream the music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'll let you, um, I'll let you, I'll let you read one of the other questions we got. So right, pick a so, question and read it. All right, cool. The, uh, the second question we received was from Adam he asks, what are each of your top three projects uh, from any hip-hop artist and why? I'll Oof. go ahead and um, and talk about this real quick. So I interpreted this as my three favorite projects ever because I'm not about to sit here and rank the three best albums ever if that's what yeah. you were looking for. Um, that needs to be saved for like a more in-depth podcast or YouTube video. Um, I so I... You know, this is one of those questions that changes every day, man. Like, I can <laughs> say what my three favorite are, but tomorrow I might wake up and have three completely different favorites. So, by the time this podcast is uploaded, your thoughts will have changed. Yeah, definitely, hundred <laughs> percent. So, but when I was putting this together, the, the three that came to my mind um, 
were The Eminem Show by Eminem, uh, Me Against the World by Tupac. Touched on that in last week's podcast. If you haven't checked yeah. that out, be sure to check it out. Uh, that was the first one. Really dope. Uh, we did a tr- uh, tribute to Tupac, actually, and it was awesome. Both me and uh, Chris had a good time with that one, so definitely check that out. Um, and then my last one was My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye. All three super mainstream albums, I know, like, those were, that's just what came to my head when I put this together. It's so hard for me to sit down and be like, what my three favorites are. Like, I have current favorites, but, I, you know, when when I read this question i was thinking all time so yeah again um yeah uh you know again again adam shout out adam you're my guy um i i went off favorite too and i'm going kind of off of personal impact to me like which of these out like these are albums that not only do i love but like are albums that impacted me personally so again i'm not like picking the best three ever i think if you were to pick the best three ever that's a whole nother podcast although i would say that that a few of these albums that i that i named would be i think i would put in the discussion for best of all time um and again that's kind of implementing my own bias of what i like but um of course of course starting with to pimple butterfly um that is always going to be one of my favorite albums ever. That is just an album that grabs me. You know, ev- everyone that knows me knows I could talk about that album all day. I have a damn To Pimp a Butterfly shirt in my closet. Like, I live and breathe that album. Um, that album is one of my favorite albums ever. I can I can listen to it anytime, front to back, and I just enjoy it. Um, the concept, the, the music, the instrumentation, like, everything about that album. I have been sitting with that album and and according to itunes i've listened to it over and that's the album as a whole i've listened to it over 200 times front to back and and i still can't find a flaw in that project in my personal opinion like i still can't find one thing i don't like about that project um so that's always going to be one of my favorites um illmatic again that's an album that just really really grabbed me as as a kid uh you know getting into hip-hop, you know, Illmatic, I knew what Illmatic was before I even knew what hip-hop was, because Illmatic's just, anytime you hear the word hip-hop, shortly after, you're going to hear Illmatic in the discussion, somehow, some way, right, because that's, you know, considered one of the most universal, universally considered one of the greatest albums, if not the greatest of all time, mm-hmm. and so, you know, as a kid, you know, 16 years old, being a sophomore in high school, sitting in the back of the bus, listening to that album, I remember just, you know, being amazed by that, and, um, really like that album kind of takes me to a place like that takes me to you know that takes me to you know nyc and and in the you know nyc you know queens like in it takes me there like i feel like i'm in that time in the 90s you know in the mid 90s with nas like in the in that era and um you know very few projects have that have that effect on me where they can really where you can really feel like you're in you're in a certain time and place and so um again and and you talk about an album with no skips that's the definition right i mean there's not a single moment you could skip on that album um you could rock with it it's very easy to listen to front to back and so um so illmatic and then you know the last one i had a lot of i had a lot a lot of thought into and um again this is always going to change um you know 
I wanted to give shout outs to, you know, John Connor's Kanye West tape. That was just a huge impact on me um, as a kid. Uh, but I ultimately went with Machiavelli. Tupac is my second favorite artist of all time. So, of course, his he's going to have one of the albums in the top three. Um, that, to me, in my opinion, is is Tupac's best album. Um, that's the one that resonates with me most. I will listen to, you know, To Live and Die in L.A. for forever. Um, again, that's an album I can just listen to forever. Hail Mary, uh, you know, that's uh, that whole album is just incredible to me. And that, to me, is, in my opinion, the height of Tupac. And, you know, Tupac being my second favorite artist of all time, you know, when you have... When, when you have that that formula kind of makes it a top three album for me awesome all right um so we have one more question that we're going to answer um this is uh one that i've been looking forward to answering all day when i got this on twitter so this so damn is, hard it's very very difficult and i challenge everybody to um answer along with this so this is from my buddy jordan shout out to him um, he says, rank these four artists based on full body of work, influence to the game, and peak in the game. Um, so what I did is I, I broke it down really quickly um, by each category. Full body of work, influence to the game, and peak in the game. And then I did as a whole for the three categories. So just really quick, I'm just going to list them. Full body Go of work. It. Full body of work. I went Kanye. Kendrick, Wayne, Snoop, influence to the game, Kanye, Lil Wayne, Snoop, Kendrick, and peak in the game, Lil Wayne, Ye, Snoop, and Kendrick. Uh, I don't think Kendrick is uh, quite there yet. He's going to be, and that list will change very shortly. Um, And then as a whole for the three categories, I rank them as Kanye, Lil Wayne, Kendrick, and Snoop. Okay, yeah, so... This is real tough. I didn't do that, but just going off of what I hear from you, if you were to break those down, full body of work, I agree with you. Kanye one, Kendrick two. Um, who'd you have? Wayne three. I had and, little Wayne Snoop, at three. Yeah, and Snoop four. I I would agree with that. Um, as far as body of work, uh, influence the game. That's where it gets dicey. Um, I would put Kendrick four. I would put Kanye one, and um. It's very a toss up to me between Wayne and Snoop, but mm-hmm. I would go I would go Wayne, um, just because I think we're I think we're seeing Wayne's impact more than uh, more than Snoop nowadays. Uh, Definitely, that's why I and, put him there. Yeah, and so um, because I mean Wayne's inspiring everybody from like Uzi to you know to Drake, and so he he I think he he had a broader range, whereas like Snoop, you can really look at like guys like Wiz and stuff, and like. I mean, really, and the how culture ma- not not just the music, yeah. but the culture itself. Snoop has had a huge impact on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But but again, I'm looking at it from an artist perspective, so I'd I'd give Wayne the slight edge. But if someone wants to argue the other way, have at it. Um. Then what was the next one? Peak. Uh, peak. In the game. Yeah. Peak. Uh. Okay. Yeah. So this one's interesting because I think Kendrick is entering his peak now. I think Damn was the start of his pe- his peak, and so you kind of have to put Kendrick four because he's just starting. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go with Wayne number one at peak. I just thought that Wayne was just absolutely phenomenal. I thought that was one of the best runs in the game. Um, then between Kanye and Snoop, 
Um, I'm gonna have to go with man, uh, peak in the game. I'd have to go with Kanye just because overall, like when you look at peak Kanye, like you look at the albums he put out. Whereas like it's different because where Snoop, like when Snoop was in his peak, every song he made was hot. Whereas Kanye had like a stretch of hot albums. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's hard to say. You know, it's hard to evaluate which peak do you value more the the Snoop Dogg hopping on everything and killing it, or the or the Kanye where he put out like four really good albums in a right. row. Another thing to consider as well with this is um, uh, what you're twenty years old or twenty one years old. Yep, twenty one. Okay, I'm twenty two. So we didn't really live through the Snoop peak, right? Like, you know, we were too young. Uh, so the yay bias might be there for us, yeah. Compared to somebody that's, that's else who very lived fair through. To, that's so, very fair to point out. So, but that, but we both. I mean, we were both spot on with those as far as how we had them. Way yay, yeah. Snoop, Kendrick. Yeah. As, if I were to go overall, because again, the way I see it, yay has the best dis- discography. Wayne has the best peak. Snoop has arguably the best album of them all, in my opinion, um, and the best longevity. But again, Snoop's been around the longest, so right. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword with that. And to me, Kendrick is the most skilled MC if we're looking in a vacuum. Like, I think Kendrick is the most talented of the four, in my opinion. I know people are going to argue, uh, yay because of production. Um, but Kendrick does it all, um, as far as, as far as his, his, his range of, of songwriting and of, and of just like content that he delivers, mm-hmm. I is think content so wide. is the biggest thing with Kendrick. Yeah, yeah, and so that's why I'm going with Kendrick. So if I had to rank them all, I'm putting like as objectively in a vacuum career wise. Like if I were to do a top ten of all time, but you know these four had to be in it. Um, you know I'm putting Kendrick one, Kanye two, Snoop three, Wayne four, just because I think I think Wayne and Snoop both have their low points. And, you know, you can argue from a discography perspective, Wayne definitely has the edge, in my opinion. But um, Snoop, just Snoop having the better album, uh, I'm I'm just going with Snoop. Um, but that's kind of splitting hairs, I think, between Wayne and Snoop. I think if we were to do, you know, greatest MCs of all time, I think Wayne and Snoop would be very close for me. Cool. Awesome. That was a good question, man. Yeah. I liked, uh, I liked going Shout out Jordan. with that. Yep. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this week's episode of what is still the Untitled Podcast. We are still looking for a name. If you are interested in submitting a fan cu- a fan question, please submit a question either on Twitter. Um, Chris's Twitter is at RealChrisPlatty. Mine is at Connor Ennis. And the, uh, the email contact is ccpodcontact at gmail.com. We will have everything, uh, all the information for that listed. Um, you have anything else you want to say before we wrap this up, Chris? Uh, no, man. Other than other than we got to figure out the damn title. I know, man. Uh, we got to figure out, you know. I mean, Kendrick had eight untitled tracks, so I believe we have an eight episode gap. Oh yeah. Where we got to figure we got to figure this shit out. So we're and so then, we're, um, we're on a timeline so, then. So this is untitled too. All right, cool. Untitled too. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.